Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. It is 9.30 p.m. here on the 18th of August. Thank you for joining me. gentlemen i hope you had a fantastic week my week back after two weeks of vacation i need another vacation so you know today you know it felt like it was fall time it was like fall time temperatures here it is only the 18th of August and it should be like 25 Celsius out and it was it was in the high teens cloudy rain on and off and apparently tomorrow is supposed to be summer back to August temperatures how long that'll last, I have no idea. But being that school here across Ontario, across Canada, most parts of Canada, school starts on September the 5th. So to all my fellow Ontarians, Now is the time to adjust your driving habits. Start driving like school is back. School buses, school children are going to be back out in full swing on September the 5th. School zone speed limits are just that. 40 kilometers an hour, 40 kilometers an hour. Pay attention. Kids are going to be excited to get back to school. They're going to be excited to see their friends. They're going to be excited to see their teachers. And we as motorists and we as adults need to be more alert and staying focused at the driving task at hand and put your cell phones away. You do not need your cell phone while you're driving your car at any time. So just to get that out there and um, It's going to be upon us very quickly. People are squeezing in their last couple weeks of of vacation. Maybe you're going to take a day here and there. 
you know, take care out there. Drive safe and put your cell phones away. Now, I've talked about this before on my show, um, but it's never a bad idea to come back out and talk about it again. And that is mental health and addictions. And the stigma that goes along with mental illness and addictions. And the mental health problems and illness and illnesses are common in Canada. One in five people experience a mental health problem or illness each year. And by the age of 40, half of us will have had a mental health concern. And nearly two times as many as those with heart disease or type 2 diabetes. And yet about 40% of parents say they wouldn't tell anyone, including the family doctor, if their child was experiencing a mental health problem. And 60% of people with a mental health problem or illness won't seek help for fear of being labeled. And that's just what it is. It's a label. And just think about that for a moment. Just think of it if it's, if it's happening to you or has happened to you. And how do you feel about that? Yes, you may be diagnosed bipolar. Maybe you're diagnosed schizophrenic. That's a label that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. If you are anybody who knows who has that, a a mental illness, Try to understand, educate yourself. Now, false beliefs about mental illness can can cause significant problems. Stigma is when someone views you in a negative way because you have a distinguishing characteristic. Could be a physical one. A personal trait that's thought to be or actually is a disadvantage, a negative stereotype. And unfortunately, negative attitudes and beliefs towards people who have a mental illness, a mental health condition are common. Stigma can lead to discrimination. Discrimination may be obviously indirect and direct, such as someone making a negative remark about your mental illness or your treatment or maybe unintentional, such as someone avoiding you because the person assumes you could be unstable. Violent or dangerous due to your mental illness. You may even judge yourself, and that's self-stigma. Some of the harmful effects of stigma can include reluctance in seeking help and treatment, 
lack of understanding by family, friends, co-workers, others, fewer opportunities for work, school, or social activities, or trouble finding housing. Bullying, physical violence, or harassment. Well, the health insurance here in Ontario and across Canada, well, Ontario is the Ontario Hospital Insurance Plan. You know, it's going to cover you. It's going to cover you for treatments. It's going to cover you to talk to your doctor. In the in the United States, well, that just may be a different thing altogether. People who don't have coverage. The belief that you'll never succeed at a certain challenge is, or that you can't improve your situation. Get treatment. Well, that may be easier said than done. Right? So you may be reluctant to admit you need treatment. Don't let your fear of being labeled with a mental illness prevent you from seeking help. Treatment can provide relief by identifying what's wrong and reducing symptoms that interfere with your work and personal life. And don't let stigma create self-doubt and shame. Stigma doesn't just come from others. And you may mistakenly believe that your condition is a sign of a personal weakness or that you should be able to control it without help. Seeking counseling, educating yourself about your condition. And that goes the same with everybody else about, you know, you know somebody who has been diagnosed with a, a mental illness. Educate yourself. Educating yourself and your condition and con connecting with others who have mental illness can help you gain self-esteem. To say don't isolate yourself. So if you have a mental illness, you may be reluctant to tell anyone about it. Your family, your friends, the clergy, members of your community can offer you support if they know about your mental illness. Reach out to people you trust for compassion, support, and understanding that you need. Don't equate yourself with your illness. You are not, you are not the illness. So instead of saying I'm bipolar, say I have bipolar disorder. Instead of calling yourself schizophrenic, say I have schizophrenia. Join a support group. Get help at school. Speak out against stigma. And one is it that consider expressing your opinions at events and letters to the editor on the internet. It can help you still instill courage in others facing similar challenges and educate the public about mental illness.
Now, I don't know why that's not there. And we don't really talk about this very much too, you know, um, racism and, and, and mental health. And people of color and all those who, and all whose lives have been marginalized by those in power experience life differently from those whose lives have not been devalued and they experience an overt racism bigotry far too often which leads to a mental health burden that is deeper than what others may face racism is a mental health issue because racism causes trauma and trauma paints a direct line to mental illness which need to be taken seriously Past trauma and prominently mentioned as the reason that people experience serious mental health conditions, but obvious forms of racism, bigotry, are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to racial trauma. And every day people of color experience far more subtle traumas. People who, people who avoid them and their neighborhoods out of ignorance and fear. Banks and credit card companies won't lend them money or do so only at higher interest rates. Mass incarceration of their peers, school curricula that ignore or minimize their contributions to our shared history and, and racial profiling. Thank you for joining me, Redneck Rambler. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, far too often, and I think, you know, we don't talk about um, mental health and, and, and mental health illnesses enough. You know, um, and the stigma, you know, and the neg and the, and the negative stigma directed, you know, towards mental illnesses and racism. You know, um, when it comes when it when it comes to people of color in other backgrounds, uh, uh, other ethnic backgrounds as well. Um, of course, and with racism and bigotry are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the racial trauma, when, when it comes to racial trauma. You know, now bigotry, it doesn't have to be, you know, be, um, like, um, for instance, okay, look at uh, what's been going on in the United States and even in, here in Canada when it comes to the LGBTQ plus two-spirited community. All the bigotry and, and homophobia 
that's just just rigged across the board of what's been happening. Now, people who avoid them in their neighborhoods, you know, out of ignorance and fear. Banks and credit card companies, again, I'll mention this, who won't lend the money or do so only at a higher rate of interest rates. Well, you don't have to worry about that now because the interest rates are just out the roof. You know, so race, I'm a broad term describing the combination of race-based prejudice and power without the power differential. One person, group, institution has more power than another. Racism is just prejudice and carries less weight and fewer consequences. Systemic structural racism has three components, history, culture, and institutions policy. Historical racism provides the framework for current racism. And any structure built on foundation, like the history of racism, will be a racist structure. Culture, which is ever present in our in our day-to-day lives, is what allow racism to be accepted, normalized, perpetuated. Institutions and policies make up the fundamental relationship and rules across society, which in, which reinforces racism and give it societal legitimacy, which makes it so hard to dismantle. And here we are in the 21st century. And racism, and racism <clears throat> still running rapid, and it's just not about a, a, a people of color, other ethnic groups. And it's just rampant around the world. And we can't, we can't just seem to stamp out racism. You know, interpersonal racism, racism, Racism that happens between individual people when individual beliefs or prejudices become actions towards others. And that could be people from from the Middle East, Jews, people from, from India. You know, Canada is a multi, is a multicultural country. People from all walks of life come to Canada, want to settle here, want to work here, want to live in peace and harmony like everybody else. And yet, this racism continues. And the institutional racism, the institutional racism occurs within and between institutions. Institutional racism is 
discriminatory treatment, unfair policies, and in and unfair policies and opportunities based on race produced by perpetuated by institutions, schools, mass media, individuals with institutions take on the power of the institution when they act in ways that advantage and disadvantage people based on race. And of course we have the internalized racism when racism and white supremacy affects the minds of black, indigenous, and people of color to the point where they begin to believe that they are inferior because of their own race. This can sometimes lead to interracial hostilities. in a way that mirrors how white races might treat them. Another the way internalized racism can be manifested is by the, the BIPOC, which is the black people of color, indigenous people, accepting and internalizing the Eurocentric ideas and values. We also have reverse racism. This is a term in quotes to emphasize that is made that that is a made up term that shouldn't carry any actual value. It was a term created by and for white people who want to perpetuate racism by de by denying their privilege in all its forms and by claiming that fighting to improve the lives of others or of the BIPOC is somehow racist against white people. And this term Invalid because racism in any form depends on the presence of power differential. White people have historically always fallen on the powerful side rather than the powerless side. And reverse racism therefore is impossible as long as we live in a society that perpetuates white, suprem uh, white supremacy. And oppression, the use of power by a system, institution, group, individual to dominate over another or the refusal of a system, institutional group, individual who, who possesses this power to challenge the domination. Racial trauma, simply trauma, traumatization that results from experiencing racism in any, in all of its forms. 
And importantly, it doesn't have to be one major isolated event, but rather can result from the accumulation of experiences like, like the daily acts of discrimination and the microaggressions. So it doesn't have to be just from, from one major isolated event when it comes to racial trauma. You know, even when it, for, for males, you know, and the stigma that men face. Could be a macho thing. You know, is it because we as males, you know, we, we, we hide our, our feelings, we hide our emotions. We don't really talk about, you know, what's going on. We, we just, we, we go to work every day. We try to do our job. We come home, ask what's wrong. Oh, nothing's wrong. You know, we keep things bottled up. And all of that isn't good to do that. You know, there are surveys from all around the world find that males everywhere are reluctant are reluctant to talk about their mental health and are more likely to die by suicide than females. So across the globe, among many races, ethnic and income brackets, males often avoid getting help for their psychological issues. And according to the World Health Organization, males die, die by suicide at twice the rate of females. And high-income countries have the highest suicide rates among males. And in the United States, males make up nearly 80% of all the deaths by suicide. And that's reports from the Center of Disease and Control and Prevention. Males die by suicide four times more often than females do. And the mental health professionals diagnose depression more often in women than in men. And according to the nonprofit Mental Health, health America, and at the same time, the, organi the organization adds more than 6 million American men experience symptoms of depression annually, and most go undiagnosed. So 
Situational stressors also play a major role in suicide deaths among males, many of whom do not have a documented mental health history. And this is only back in 2021 from the CDC. These stressors can include anything from relationship troubles to arguments, but not all indicate a need for support during stressful transitions. Men are less likely than women to receive formal mental health support of any kind. Recent research explains why this could be happening and suggests ways to remedy the situation. And sex and gender exists on the spectrums. Six million males are affected by depression in the United States every year. Nearly 80% of people who die by suicide are males at a rate of four times higher than females. Compared to females, males are less likely to seek help for their problems related to their mental health. And stigma around men's mental health on a daily basis, many males find themselves grappling with with perspective um, antiquated ideas about gender and this struggle can contribute to their mental health issues. It also explains why so many males have a difficult, difficult time of admitting they need help and pursuing it. Because I guess we, we just don't admit it. We don't want to admit it. Sex differences in mental health typically emerge across late childhood and the adolescence. And this is from an Australian mental health expert. This is also the time, you know, also when gender norms become entrenched, persisting into later life, whereby they continue to shape mental health and help and help seeking because, you know, it's, it's, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, you know, to have a label, someone, you know, you go for help and, and they do a diagnostic and, and stuff like that. And they come back and they either say, okay, you're bipolar or you're schizophrenic, you know, or something else is going on, you know, and it's not just the word that you're hearing. You know, and when that diagnostic comes down, that's a label. And you carry that label for the rest of your life. And then you're going to hear all the stigma, all the negative stig- stigma attached to that illness whatever they diagnosed you with. And then you have that self-stigma. You know, you just start believing 
you know, what people, what, what people are saying. And, and people are avoiding you. Or trying to avoid you. Even family members, society, work, teachers. And all the hardships that go with it. Because at some point in time, depending on the mental illness, you may not be able to work. You have to go on a disability. A mental illness can happen to anybody at any time. You know, it's just like, you know, just like a, a, a traffic accident can happen to anybody at any time. But when you, when you have that diagnostic, and believe me, I know people, you know, who are schizophrenic, people who are, who are bipolar. And by no means are they dangerous. And people may think that, you know, when, when you, when you see, uh, some homeless people or a harm or a homeless person on the street and they're acting out. They have a mental illness. And, and we try to ignore it, you know, by not making eye contact by crossing the street maybe turning around going back the other way because of some sort of fear you may have or think that you may have of someone who is acting out on the streets And then when you can't work anymore, like I say, then you have to, you know, go on a disability and that doesn't pay very much. You know, people who are diagnosed with, with, um, bipolar, um, go on disability. And that financial change from what you had to, to what it what it's going to be is going to be another problem on top of the problem you already have. And then be able to, to keep the home that you're staying in or the apartment or the apartment that you're staying in. And you won't be able to stay there because you won't be, you won't be able to afford it. Family may may come to your rescue and help you out and take you in. And then there's, and there, then there's the, the um, stigma by association. So because they, they see that, that you um, or see or know that you have 
a mental illness, then you'd assume everybody in your family does. And that's generally not the case. Everybody in the neighborhood tries to avoid you and your family. You know, that's why it's so important to, you know, if if you or somebody you know has been diagnosed with a mental illness, it's important to educate yourself about that illness. And then of course, support that individual who's been diagnosed with a mental illness. Now, mental illness or health conditions involving changes in emotion thinking or behavior or combination mental illness can be associated with distress and or problems functioning in social work or family activities and mental illness is common in a given year Now, nearly one in five, 19% U.S. adults experience some form of mental illness. One in 24, 4.1% has a serious mental illness. One in 12 and 8.5% has a uh, diagnosable substance use disorder. Mental illness is treatable, and the vast majority of individuals with mental illnesses continue to function in their daily lives. Now, Mental health involves effective functioning and daily activities resulting in productive activities such as in work, school, caregiving, healthy relationships, ability to adapt to change and cope with adversity. And mental illness refers collectively to all diagnosable mental disorders and health conditions involving significant change in thinking, emotion, or behavior distress or problems functioning in social work or family activities. And mental health is the foundation for emotions, thinking, communication, learning, resilience, hope, and self-esteem. All of these things that we need to be able to do. Thinking in the, in just in just in the communications, we have to be able to do that. 
and have that self-esteem in order to do that. Depression um, is common. We have probably some level of depression in our lives. Not to the extreme that you you've locked yourself in in the house and turned out all the lights and you don't want to have anything to do with anything or anyone. I mean that's pretty serious when it goes that far. Mental health is also key to relationships personal and emotional well-being and and contributing to the community or society. And mental health is a component of overall well-being. It can influence and be influenced by everybody. Many people who have a mental illness do do not want to talk about it. But mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of. It's a medical condition. And the mental health conditions are treatable. And any mental illness, they take many forms. Some are mild and only interfere in limited ways with a daily life such as is uh, as some phobias, abnormal fears. Other mental health conditions are so severe that a person may not <clears throat> may need care in a hospital. Similar to other medical illness, the optimal ways to provide care depend on the illness and the severity of its impacts. I mean, there's phobias all the time all different types of phobias. But what I've seen over this summer in the month of June being Pride Month and all the homophobes and the bigotry, not just here in Canada, right across the United States and around the world. And I thought, and I, you know, I was under the understanding that even here in Canada, you know, where the Charter Rights and Freedoms, that those those Charter Rights and Freedoms are for everybody from all walks of life. It doesn't matter who you are. Just like the Constitution of the United States. But I've seen all the changes and everything going around in the United States. I guess the Constitution isn't for everybody. And apparently some of the things that even happened here in Canada um, with, with, with changes in the LGBT community, I guess the, the Charter Rights and Freedoms isn't for everybody either. You know, whether, whether you're gay, whether you're black, whether you're from the Middle East, 
whether you're a Jew or whether eth- what other ethnics or, or, or wherever you come from from around the world and, and, and we treat you differently. Maybe society is, a, is, is the problem. Maybe society is, is contributing to mental illness. I can't see it any other way. When we start to discriminate, harass, intimidate, physically and verbally hurting somebody on a continuous basis, like bullying, don't you think that dis- distributes to mental mental illness? I think it does. And we discriminate just because who who people for for people who, who for who they are. Whether whether you're black, whether you're from the from the gay community, or you're Middle Eastern, or, or you came from India, you know, international students come from all around the world, from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, and they go to school in Europe, they go to school in the United States, they go to school in Canada. And racism just runs rampant. And it can be from from one from one major event like 9-11. Or because they, they, they speak differently. Not everybody speaks English as, as, as well as you and I. You know, English is my first language, just like their language from their country. And then they're learning English. You know, try learning their language or try learning French. And then when someone can't understand you and tell you to go back to your country, how the hell is that going to make you feel? The arrogance and the ignorance, the bigotry. And it's no wonder you know, from all walks of life, all around the world, 
happens everywhere, every day. To the minority groups. And you don't have to be part of that neither because minority groups are not the only ones who, who end up with mental illness. Look at the pandemic. That was tough to get through. It was tough for a lot of people. And the stressors that it brought on, you know, especially for the people who who were the, um, um, the you know, the, the places um, that had to close. Only essential workers could stay open. Only essential businesses could stay open. All the other non-essential businesses had to close. And all the stressors that brought on to people. People develop a mental illness out of this. You know, and, and then all the disinformation being spread all around the globe about COVID-19. All the disinformation spread all around the globe about the vaccines. And all the dis disinformation being spread, you know, uh, among the, the trucker community that, oh, the truckers won't be able to work now because they can't cross into the United States. And they, you know, if they come back to Canada, they have to self-isolate for 14 days and fucking Crimea River when it comes to that. You know, because talk about that for a moment, because back in January of 2022, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, was implementing cross-border on non-essential and essential workers entering the United States, regardless or not if, if the federal government here in Canada was doing the same thing. So if we, you know, equate that for a moment and, and take away the federal government of Canada not implementing vaccines on truckers, then what the hell they were going to do when they couldn't cross into the United States, never mind coming back to Canada. So all non-essential and essential workers would have to show proof of vaccination entering the United States. So what then, then what are the, then what are these, these, these uh, far-right dictators and truckers, then what, then what they were going to do? Protest the United States government? Now, good luck with that. Tell me you can't work when you have a commercial driver's license is ridiculous. There's no excuse. None.
if you can't work or you can't find a job, you have a commercial driver's license, you have a problem. We have a shortage of drivers, not a shortage of work. You know, then everybody, you know, everybody is like jumping up and down. It's like watching a parade go by. It's like the watching the circus go through. Hooray, 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 our heroes are here. Jesus, I almost fell off my chair laughing. So, it doesn't, to me, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I get up, I get up tight, you know, about certain things. You know, and and when, you know, people, don't take the initiative. And I'm not talking about the people who've been diagnosed with a mental illness. It's the people who, like you and me, who don't have one, who really don't understand, you know, and, you know, the stigma surrounding it and disinformation that people spread all the time. you know, about people who have a mental illness, you know, almost as if you go, if you go near them, they're, 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 they're contagious. And then, you know, that's why it's so important to, to, you know, to read up on, on things. To get a better understanding. Because they're they're no different than really than 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 you and I. They're humans, just like you and I. They're different, but others would 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 beg to differ because of the the ignorance. You know, the, the indigenous people of Canada, I mean, they, they have suffered a long time. And colonialism is, 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 plays a major role. The residential school system in Canada. Same as the Indian schools in the United States. Maybe you never thought they existed but they did. 
sort of kind of where Canada got that generalization uh, of um, colonialism. And taking somebody who is different. It's something to read up on too. You know, I'm sure you can do that. Uh, you know, Google search Indian schools in the United States. You can Google search the, the residential schools in Canada. In the, in, in the mistreatment of the indigenous people. And they just want to be treated like everybody else. And they're no different than anybody else. They're no different than, than you and I. But again, people will beg to differ. So societal, I feel plays a role in mental illness. It's a, it's a distributor to mental illness society. So I want to thank you for joining me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow, like I said, um, there won't be a show tomorrow because I want to get ready for that episode um, for Sunday. And um, if you haven't listened to my past um, my past episode this this week. Um, it will be Let me just get to it here. It only takes me a second. Now oh, that was quite so in <clears throat> in light of this interview about five weeks ago now, well, let me think. So I was on holidays for two weeks, a couple weeks, yeah, five weeks. And I've watched this over and over again. And there, like, there's no way, like there's absolutely no way that I would not talk about it. And some of the disinformation in, in, in this interview with one of the organizers of this so-called Freedom Convoy, a.k.a. Karen Carnival, that took place last January 2022. The truckers on the front lines of freedom. I'm a trucker. I have been for 30 plus years. 
So I'm qualified. To speak about this interview. That'll be Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And I also will be doing, I will be recording a video, which then will be uploaded onto YouTube. And of course, it's going to be done simultaneously live here on Podbean and doing the video because I got other stuff that goes in that video and then edit all of that and then upload it. And, and take, you know, take the most important points out of this interview and analyze them and discuss them. Share my thoughts. Share my knowledge about the trucking industry. So that's what I'm going to be doing a good part of probably, you know, um, a good part of the morning anyways. It's not going to take me all day because I'm taking certain critical points out of this video. I mean, you can go and watch this video on YouTube. It's called Truckers on the Front Lines of Freedom. And you, then, you know, you, so you know, you know, this is what I'm going to be talking about. And like I said the other night, every time I, I read this, this heading, you know, of this video, you know, I get that feeling of laughter. You know, it's really hard to, 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 uh, to contain myself every time I read this I mean I mean I start to get a start to feel that smile come on your face you you, you can feel that laughter down below in the stomach that just wants to come out you know I was thinking about it today too and I just started cracking up because I thought to myself well you know, the 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 interviewer is a uh, Canadian uh, clinical psychologist, and he's interviewing one of the um, organizers. And I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe this is her psychiatry session. <laughs> you know, see. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And then hopefully, you know, because once I do that video and I put it in, in place with, with everything else, it won't take long to edit it, you know. And then um, I'm, I'm hoping by Sunday afternoon that it is um, out on YouTube and then you'll be able to find it because all you do is go on YouTube and 
and search the Truckers Podcast FYI. I have little short videos on there, and I just threw them out like months ago, just testing the field, you know. And and then I thought, well, when I when I do my my podcast here on on Podbean, I could I could make that video and then find the content and, and everything to go with me talking about it and then upload that onto I could I could do a video every single night. And then upload it onto YouTube. And the same show that I'm talking about now here live on Podbean. I think that just might be a good idea. Why not? Well, I'll tell you. It will be a test of time. How much notice it will it get? I have no idea. But we're going to find out. So until Sunday morning, 9 a.m., ladies and gentlemen, you enjoy, you enjoy your weekend. Because I certainly am. And, you know, of course, I'm going to be doing some test runs and everything. Make sure the audio is going to be good. And everything. So that video, I'll tell you right now, the video will be shot from my Samsung S23 Ultra. Five cameras on the back of this phone. I've just done little small videos, just monkeying around with it and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it's actually, it's actually pretty damn good. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the quality of the video and the sound. I'm not worried about that either. So Sunday morning, 9 a.m. If you can join, if you can join me, that's great. If you can't, I understand. But that video will be up. Then you'll be able to go and look for it on YouTube, Trucker Podcast, FYI. So until then, have a good weekend. Take care and be safe.